0: Coming to you live from that place under the refrigerator where you never want to clean, it's the Dociverse Podcast, Episode 140, My Very Clever Plans. This week's theme is flight, and in this episode we have the GM's Toolkit, a random place, and the return of commentary. So now... Before I eat that piece of Captain Crunch and pocket that nickel, let's start the show. Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Doc Cross, and I hope you've all had a really good week. I had a pretty good week. The garden is still going along great guns. I've got more cardboard and wood chips down so that I've got a reasonably good-sized portion of my front lawn completely covered. And hopefully suppressing the weeds or most of the weeds for the foreseeable future, while also adding nice compost as everything decomposes. It's not too bad as far as the weather goes here. It's a little warm, but uh, 80s, low 90s, not so bad. Building up towards summer, I just know it. It's going to be an air fryer around here before too much longer. I have brought back commentary for this episode. I. I've been doing just two segments per podcast for quite a few months now, mostly only changing that when it's the first of the month and I do my horror movie review segment. But I've decided to up it to three segments per podcast, at least for a short term, while I can think of stuff to talk about. This uh, episode, our theme is Flight. And we've got some pretty good stuff coming up in the GM's Toolkit and random places. Uh, The commentary really doesn't have a lot specifically to do with flight, although there is a tangential bit. But uh, before I get on to any of that, of course, it's time to thank my patrons who are wonderful, clever, and very, very sweet folks who send me money and I get to do things with it, like pay bills, get my dog's medicine, Occasionally buy something for myself. And so, thank you, Peter. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Marion. Thank you, David. Thank you, James. Thank you, Bruce. And thank you, Avis. You guys are great. I hope you enjoy the podcast. And at some point, I hope I get to see some of you in person face-to-face. Okay, folks. We are starting off with our first segment which is GM's Toolkit. And because we're doing flight this week, we're going to talk about air battles. Now, I don't know how many of you remember the old ad 1st edition rulebook, but there were rules and tables and things for both underwater and air combat. They were not any better than most of the other rules, although they were better than the grappling rules, which were shit. Anyway, that's what I want to talk about is battles in the air, regardless of how you're getting up there. So we'll go with fantasy first, because that's the most popular genre, and because there are a lot of ways to fight in the air in fantasy. You could be, as they talked about in the AD&D first edition book, you could be riding some sort of creature. Perhaps you're riding a griffon, or you're riding a uh, pegasus, or you're riding a dragon, or some other creature that flies. And you're fighting other people. I tend to make this not unlike a regular fight. Or maybe a jousting match. Where you just roll your decks. And roll your attack. Whatever system you're using. And you also add in the fact that you're in the air. And that means that you've got probably a minus to your dexterity. And maybe minus your strength, if that counts towards your combat whatnot. Because you're trying to hang on to this creature that's flying around and you know doing all sorts of maneuvers. And you're also trying to hit your opponent and not get hit. So I make air combat considerably more difficult than standing on the ground or even on a horseback. Um, the other way you could have air combat in a fantasy game, of course, is you're flying yourself. You've got a ring of flight. You cast a flight spell on yourself. Maybe you're on a flying carpet. Maybe you've got some sort of a disc that uh, you conjure up and you stand on. But you're zipping along and you're doing all this stuff. I tend to make that a little less risky as far as dexterity and strength and stuff. Because you're in control. You're fully in control. You're not setting on anything. You don't have to hold on. You're just zipping along doing your thing. Uh, you may be standing on a, a, a disc or riding on a broomstick or something like that, but you've probably got a little more control over it than you do an actual creature. So we make that combat a little easier. However, we come to the part of the combat where you get hurt badly and you either A, break the concentration needed for your spell, B, fall off the beast you're riding on or the carpet or whatever, and see you're hurt and possibly have lost consciousness and you're heading towards the ground. Folks, the old d and and first edition rules for falling, I never got into them. They weren't bad enough. I mean, sure, you can survive a fall of five feet a lot better when you're younger than when you're older. But when you start falling 10, 15, 20... 30, 100 feet, you're going to fuck yourself up. So, I take that into account when I run my games. You can change it however you want, and you have different rules for different uh, systems that how they deal with falling. But basically, any falling, especially once you're wounded, should be very, very, very bad and should cause a lot of damage. Personally, I use a D6 for every five feet. Yeah, every five feet, folks. Because I have fallen 30 feet out of a tree and I hurt myself pretty good. I didn't break anything, but I had massive bruise on the right side of my body from my ankle all the way up to my shoulder. I knocked the wind out of myself. I twisted my ankle. I twisted my wrist. I hurt my shoulder. And that's just falling 30 feet. And, and I actually bounced off a couple of limbs, so I was hit the ground a little slower than I might have. If you're falling 60, 70, 80 feet, 90, 100 feet, 200 feet, you're going to hurt yourself bad. If you fall more than 100 feet straight down to the ground, very likely you're going to be badly broken up. And that's just if it's dirt. If you fall on rocks, tree limbs, whatever, yeah, it's going to fuck you up a lot worse. Generally, damage in fantasy role-playing games is a lot weaker than it would be in real life. I mean, that's just how it works. But still, that's how I run it. Now, let's move on to air combat in different situations. Let's move up to flight. Now, if you're having air combat in balloons, then you have the risk of the whole balloon going down, which depending on how badly it's damaged, you may or may not be able to make a reasonably safe collision with the ground. You know, if you're just coming down fast, that's not too bad. If you're coming down real fast, like the balloon's been incinerated, well, then you're screwed. Um, And it's probably several people in the basket of the balloon or in the gondola of the Zeppelin or whatever, and you're in trouble. In fact, if you're in a Zeppelin and it's filled with hydrogen, Uh, you're quite likely screwed very quickly because, as the Mythbusters pointed out, the burning of the hydrogen does not burn the way that the Hindenburg burned in that film that they took. That was a different thing. That was uh, aluminum paint and rust, and it created thermite, and it burned and melted stuff. In actuality, when the hydrogen goes up, it's a great big hot poof, and then it's gone. And then you're falling. If you are flying uh, zeppelins and things, you might have parachutes. So that's another thing. But then again, while you're falling in a parachute, as many people found out in World War One and World War Two, as you're floating to the ground, those other bastards may just shoot at you. Now, the people on the ground will definitely shoot at you. The people in the planes may or may not shoot at you because it's kind of a courtesy thing. You know, you say, "Ah, I won't shoot at you, and if I jump out of my plane, you won't shoot at me. And sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't. If you are in the era of actual airplanes, and you're flying combat, my best advice to you is to make it very, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. In fact, very few people should walk away from a crash. Also, you should, you know, take into account the fact that there may be... um, artillery installations shooting up at you as other planes are shooting at you. Um, All sorts of stuff going on in air combat. And I would actually recommend just looking for the rules to any air combat minis game and you know, adapting those to your rules uh, set, whatever you use for role-playing games, um, if they don't already have some sort of air combat rules. space combat space combat's way different it's not aerial combat really because there's no air um the laws of physics are different um you know you not necessarily if your scout ship or your your x-wing fighter or whatever gets hit it's not going to necessarily crash into a planet it might crash into a star destroyer it might crash into an asteroid but if you're suddenly falling out of control you're not necessarily going to hit something. You may run out of air. You may have your other life support systems go off. You may you know, lose complete power. You may only have partial power. Um, also, if you get hit really hard, maybe you lost most of your ship. Maybe it's been disintegrated or something. So That's, that's that sort of combat. Another form of aerial combat, which doesn't get touched on too often that i've seen is aerial combat in other realms other uh, dimensions so what if you're in the astral plane now you're not in your physical body and you're duking it out with this other person you know dr strange style um does that affect your body does it just affect your mind does it affect something else does it affect everything You know, we saw in the Doctor Strange movie, he's laying there and every time his astral self got punched, you know, his body would twitch and jump and things like that. So that's kind of how I would play it. Although I may not have the physical damage be as bad as the psychic, mental, magical damage. Anyway, folks, that is the GM's toolkit concerning air battles. It's gone on a little longer than I thought it would, but it's an interesting topic. I hope you can use some of these ideas. And if you do, let me know. Okay, folks. Our random place today is an abandoned airfield. Now there are abandoned airfields all over the world. Most of them were little tiny airstrips, meant for you know doctors to land on or uh, supplies to be brought in on. They're all over places like Alaska, Australia, Africa. You know, Even even the United States, um, there are just abandoned airfields. They're just a strip. Uh, they may be all grown over now, or they may still be there, depending on what they were made of. If they were just cleared off from the ground, just a smooth dirt patch, probably after a while, you're not going to be able to land there. Uh, the grass is too high, or there might be trees growing or whatever. But if it's an actual paved landing strip, it may still be there. So, what do you do about it? Well, you can use it. Great for secret landings. Um, You know, drug smugglers come across the country. They land on abandoned airstrips. They land on country roads. Uh, I'm not saying I've ever seen that happen, but maybe I have. Anyway, uh, so you could use the airstrip to get in and out of places. You may be staking out that airstrip because you know something's going to happen there. Maybe the villain has already got his plane waiting there And you're just waiting for him to show up so you can stop him or blow his plane out of the sky with a rocket or whatever. Another thing about the abandoned airstrip is there might be clues there for something from the past. Maybe you're looking for the clues as to what happened to a famous aerial ace from the war. And you know the last place he landed was on that airfield. And it's been searched, but you think he left some sort of secret out there. There's just some rumor, or maybe on his deathbed he said something. So you go there and you're looking for this MacGuffin. Uh, another thing you can have at an abandoned airfield is shit going on now. What if that abandoned airfield, way out in the Nevada desert or the Arizona desert, or, you know, down in the swamps of Louisiana, there's an airfield somehow, a little airstrip but there's somebody flying in and out and they're keeping people out of the area one way or another and it's probably the government because the government gets up to shit all the time. Or maybe the government is operating this place so that's where the aliens land. The ones who go to Area 51 and tell us all their secrets and we give them whatever the hell it is they want from us. Anyway folks, there's an abandoned airstrip. There's a lot of things you can do with it and I hope you use it okay now we move on to commentary and what I want to talk about is something near and dear to my heart that I really don't participate in much anymore con season now for most people the con season starts probably in May certainly it starts with uh, Memorial Day weekend but it can in some areas where they have a lot of game conventions and such. It can start a little earlier. Uh, recently, we had Memorial Day. And uh, that uh, was KublaCon out here in California, Northern California. But there were cons going on all over the place. I haven't been to any summer cons since 2019 when I went to Gen Con. Because after that, everything shut down because of COVID. And... Now I just don't have the money to go to more than one con a year. I have too many bills to pay. I know my wonderful and sweet-tempered patrons pay a certain amount every month for me to do things. And I wish I could use that money to go to cons. But I can't right now. I do go to Dundercon every year. That's not going to change. I would start robbing liquor stores if I had to to go to Dundercon. But... I think next year I'm going to try really hard to have enough money saved up to go to at least Dundercon and Kublicon. One of the big reasons is that next year is the 40th anniversary of the release of Toon. Yes, Toon came out 40 years ago, and I would really like to go to some cons and run a bunch of Toon games. So I'm going to do that at Dundercon. I'm going to try to do it at Kublicon. If I should win the lotto or something, maybe I'll go to Gen Con, maybe I'll go to some other conventions, but I'm going to try to go to at least two cons next year. But, getting back to con season, I just want to give you some thoughts that I have for some of you who are going out there. First of all, please, 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 for those of us who do not go to very many cons, post lots of pictures and videos on Facebook or your webpage or your blog or whatever. Let us see it. Let us live vicariously through you. Next, do not tolerate the fucking Nazis should they show up at the con. Yes, they're not going to be wearing swastikas and act, dressing up like real Nazis, but they are real Nazis. They're fascists. They're all over our country now, so and other countries too. So if you see these bastards and you're talking shit and you're getting up in somebody's face, Go get up in their face. Embarrass them. Point out that they're, you know, big fat gravy seals who would die if they ran more than 10 feet. Or point out to them that they are probably living in Mama's basement. Or if they're incels, point out to them that they are never, ever, ever going to probably get a woman to like them because they're really not nice guys. Don't tolerate the Nazis. Don't tolerate the racists. Don't tolerate the homophobes. Don't tolerate any of those sort of people at conventions. And... Should the OSR bunch, and not all OSR people, lean towards Trumpism and stuff like that, but a lot of them do, and I'm, I'm going to peg that at more than half. If the OSR crowd gets up in your face and starts trying to defend these people, saying they've got the right, blah, 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 everybody's welcome at the table, tell them to fuck off. Okay, Most of them are old guys my age or even older, and they're stuck in the past, and fuck them. Next, at your cons, try all the games you can. Really, if it's a big con like Gen Con, every friggin' booth, almost, that sells games is going to run a demonstration. Play the demos. In fact, at some cons, you may not want to play in the official games because you can't get into them or at the wrong hours or they don't have the systems you like or whatever, although that's not very likely. So go ahead and play demo games. Play demos of board games. The board game people demonstrate the hell out of games. They'll have entire big spaces where you can play their games. Um, Same thing with some of the role-playing games. They'll actually run a short role-playing adventure for you. Uh, Steve Jackson Games, my friends at Steve Jackson Games, they run Car Wars. They run uh, Munchkin. They run the Fantasy Trip. They run all these various games they make. Go there, play them. They make a lot of dice games now. Those are fun and quick to play. So play a lot of games. The other thing is, keep an eye out, and this goes back to the Nazis and the fascist vermin, keep an eye out for people who might be annoyed by these people, who who are targets for these people. Stand up for them. Stand up for the LGBTQ community. Stand up for the people who are not white like we are, like some of us are, I am uh stand up for stand up for the old people i'm sorry i'm an old person i'm gonna be 70 on my next birthday and there's stuff that goes on we get uh shit yeah 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 we fucked up the world for all you young people i'm sorry about that uh, but yeah old people get some shit the very young get some shit women women have been getting shit since time immemorial stand up for them uh while you're at the cons do what you can to promote your local cons so if you're at a great big con, a regional con, talk about the cons in your area, if you have one, if you have any good ones. You might even talk about the not so good ones, maybe you can help get them to be better. And of course, when you're at cons, outside your home area, take your meds, bring allergy meds, eat, sleep, stay hydrated, Yeah, I'm being a dad here. Uh, Just take care of yourself at these conventions. Try to avoid con crud. Try to avoid having any accidents that are going to screw up your con enjoyment. Uh, Just take care of yourselves. So that's my little rant here about con season. I hope those of you who go to lots of cons, and I have very many friends in the game industry who go to lots and lots of cons, Take care of yourselves, rest up, have fun, eat good food, enjoy the people there, play lots of games, and just have a lot of fun. And that's the commentary for this time around, and we may have one next month, I'm not sure. Okay folks, it is the end of the program, and it is time for me to thank you all for listening. And I do thank you, it's great. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions, I can be reached on Facebook, where I'm Doc Cross, on WordPress at the DocVerse blog, on the Mastodon Dice Camp server as Doc Cross, via email at agentrosco at gmail.com. If you're listening to Anchor, you're probably listening to a program that's, you know, three months old, but you can still leave a voicemail. If you patrons want to leave me a message, and I would really love to hear from you, just uh, leave a message on the Patreon page, and I'll hear about it real quickly, because they'll send me a text and an email. If you'd like to support me via Patreon and hear these podcasts two months before they go up on Anchor, go to www.patreon.com forward slash dot cross and pledge for as little as a dollar a month. For one-time or occasional donations, use my coffee page, that's K-O-F-I, and there you'll find me as Cross 4591 Yes, apparently 4,590 other people use the name Cross. or else they're just fucking with me. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast or advertise it, get in touch with me by any of the methods that I mentioned earlier, and we will work out a deal, and I will probably give you a big hug. Our music was an unnamed instrumental by Big Sandy and his flyright boys off of the Free Music Archive. This podcast and everything on it is copyright twenty twenty three by Doc Cross. I'll see you all next week. Live long and prosper.